0: Welcome to another not your average PT podcast. My name is Ben Prescott, and today we are here with Cassie and Mel from Riverside Body Scan. Welcome, ladies.
1: Thank, you for, Thank you for having us.
0: Thanks for coming in. So I know we're uh, nervous and eager <laughs> to, to start. Uh, Cassie, um, do you want to start by telling us a little about yourself
1: yeah of course so I am an exercise sport scientist I'm currently working at Riverside body scan at West Gosford um, and I'm also doing my master's in exercise physiology at the moment cool yeah
0: so what's your what do you say is your major role the moment for uh, Riverside Body Scan, what's the, what's the big thing that you do the most?
1: Yeah, so I'm, my official role is like DEXA technician. So essentially I am the person <clears> alongside <throat> Mel when we sort of have the same role. Um, mm-hmm. Taking people in for scans, it's a body composition scan. So just sort of taking people through the appointment, um, through the scan, sitting down and delivering the report to them, yeah. just offering some general advice. And then, yeah, just giving yeah. them, yeah, as much information as we can in the very short little period of time yeah
0: cool and you're studying uh, at the moment as well you said
1: yeah i'm doing my masters of exercise physiology um so nice. i'll finish up in the middle of next year which is exciting
0: yeah looking forward to that
2: yeah i can't wait yeah it's gonna be very good
0: <laughs> cool uh and yourself mel do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself
2: um so i'm a naturopath i'm a bachelor qualified naturopath and i work for riverside body scan as a DEXA technician with cassie yeah um I actually work for the company as a naturopath called Centricose Spinal Care Center. So I practice out of Greenpoint, their Greenpoint and yeah. West Gosford Clinics. And I have been a qualified naturopath for about two years. And um yeah, I'm just um doing a few different roles here alongside naturopathy as well, like as a DEXA technician, um, because I'm super passionate about um, you know, physical health and um body transformations and also just like interested in people's stories with their yeah. weight loss and their muscle gain um and um where to go to next from that I think that's really important too.
0: Cool. Cool. So it sounds like you're both very passionate about what you do.
2: I would I say so <laughs> I, yeah I think so. <laughs> We're a very good team. <laughs> that's
0: it. Uh so uh, Let's peel it back a little bit. What actually is a DEXA scan?
1: Yeah. So it's using like DEXA technology and it's looking at someone's body composition. So essentially someone will come in for a scan, um, they lay down on a bed for about five to 10 minutes. And what it's doing is it's um, breaking down their body composition into their bone mass, their lean mass and their fat mass. Um, and it's giving an indication as to how much lean mass somebody's got, if they've got enough for a female or a male at their height, um, their body fat percentage, yeah. how much fat mass they've got, um, where they're storing that fat mass, um, which can be a, you know, important um, identification for risk factors for metabolic syndrome,
2: yeah.
1: um, their visceral fat, which is another really important thing about DEXA scans. Like you wouldn't know by stepping on the scales um, you know, how much visceral fat you've got.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it also tells about their bone mineral density, um, and resting metabolic rate, which is really important for someone on a weight loss journey or a yeah. muscle gain journey. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: So um, what would be the benefit uh, of going to get one of those, Mel, would you say?
2: Um, I guess it's hard. I feel like with body mass index, we it's quite outdated and it's misleading because you're only taking your weight and your height and and it's measuring whether you're overweight or not. Um, and for someone like me, I'm really tall, I'm 183 centimetres, and I am—I and <laughs> have about 60 kilos of muscle. So yeah. for someone who's super tall and really muscly, they are actually higher on the BMI scale, which shows that most times they're overweight or obese. Yeah, And that's the same as somebody who's shorter and they're very muscly as well. They consider yeah. to be obese. Um, so- How is I, that
0: accurate then? Like how can you use that then? Cause we don't really use that. We don't, we, we don't really use it. So we, that's when
1: we look at the fat mass index. So we actually yeah. sort of make the point in our scans of saying, you know, like take it with a grain of salt. What we do is we just look at the fat mass in um, your body compared to your height instead. So you're yeah. isolating the fat mass and just giving the most accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reader of, you know, where they're actually sitting in terms of their healthy fat levels or obesity.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So well, again, like what's the benefit of like, Oh, why, why would somebody come to do that? Essentially, just to find out all those numbers, yeah. or to see
1: what uh, well, like a lot or, of it's honest. We do get some people coming in just for general maintenance check in, see how they're going. Yeah. A lot of it's goal oriented so it's yeah. a lot of the time people are coming in saying, "I'm starting a new program, whether that be for um, fat loss or muscle gain." Um, sometimes it's before having you know bariatric surgery, but the main thing yeah. there is really just being able to track your progress over time in a way that's super reliable and accurate. And it's not just looking at the scales. Yeah. Um. If someone's coming into a gym and you know they're losing fat, but then they're also putting on muscle, you know, yeah. the, the scales are going to fluctuate. Yeah. You know. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's it. I mean, that's what we do. We sort of like we try and look at everything, uh, or as many things as possible. So with what we do with our um, kind of like check-ins is more like body weight with our scales. They give like an estimation of the body fat, so yep. it's not conclusively accurate. But it's again it's just a measurement to look back at regularly you know so we can measure it to itself measurements do chest waist hips so you did waist hip ratio uh and pictures obviously as well because that's so sometimes like you said before like body composition can change but not necessarily on the scale so to speak so definitely as you, as you guys said that come to see you is obviously going to be a, a yeah benefit too. definitely yeah Cool. Um, and so what's the, what's the, after, let's say of the back of that, what's the gem, what's, what do you see is the kind of the most general advice, like after, I don't know, if, say somebody's going to have a scan, what is the most, uh, frequent thing that you see that people need help with?
1: I think a lot of it comes down to like inactivity and then like, you know, not exercising enough. Um, And then also weight loss is a major thing when people are coming in. So a lot of the time for us, like it's a, it's a referral on a lot of the time. So we're just recommending to personal trainers on the coast um, who we can trust, like, you know, somewhere like this, where you know that it's a really lifestyle based approach for somebody um, with a goal in mind. Um, But I'd say that's probably the main, the main reason or the main thing we do from there. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And then, with yourself, Mel, obviously being a naturopath, you kind of, is that you do the naturopathy on, at, like after that, or just a completely different thing with regards to the scans? Or, well, I guess like
2: I really, we, we <laughs> refer a lot to the local nutri- um, dietitians here as well. So yeah. I think that it, it depends on case by case basis. If you if you firstly talk to the person and say, what's your diet like? They're like, oh, my diet's not that good. Um, I need a lot of help with my diet. Then I would actually refer on to the dietitian. because i actually think that somebody like that has no like no navigation or no idea where to go from there in terms of their diet they are a great person to send them to if that makes sense yeah because they just focus solely on diet whereas naturopathy does have a nutrition aspect to it but it's not so like specific so it's it's generalized like i've i'm very passionate about making sure that people are building healthy plates so you can, you know, eat as much as you want, but as long as you have the right amount of macros on your plate, if that makes sense, that's really, really important to me. It's making sure it's all balanced. Um, and right, then so what,
0: what is that? Then talk, talk to me a little bit about that, Then that healthy plate. What's that? Yeah.
2: So a healthy, building a healthy plate just means that when you, when you, when everything's on your plate, it has to have a balance of proteins, fats, fiber, carbohydrates, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And the majority of people that I see in the clinic, clients that I see in the clinic, are not eating enough protein, are not eating enough fats. They, you know, they're having a piece of Vegemite on toast for breakfast and then they get to lunch and then they have a salad with no protein and they get to dinner and then, you know, they're probably eating meat and veg, which is great. Um, but it's more just about the balance of the whole meal and the whole day it has an impact on your mood, on your energy levels, on your you know, on your weight loss or weight gain, if that makes sense.
0: So true, isn't it? It's like a good one we always say, about uh, I see a lot of people's like, as you said, veg man toast or cereals of some kind, Yeah. coffee obviously, and then another coffee for like yeah. mid-morning, and then like, let's say they've sold themselves short. If somebody thinks they're eating healthy, now they have might like, say, I don't know, some kind of salad, like a small can of tuna or something with like some fruit, then you have some more fruit in the afternoon, and then they might have another coffee then as well. So sometimes, like, three coffees down, uh, and then saving up a bigger meal up at night time. So, obviously, heavier food going to bed, and that's where like crap energy through the day, and then just yeah. overeating at night time. That's what we generally see a lot of the time, you
2: know. Yeah,
0: same for you as well, yeah. would you say, or yeah, similar?
2: yeah it's very similar and it's so interesting because if somebody's like not eating enough food throughout the whole day and then they get to dinner your body actually has a hyperglycemic effect afterwards so it's very likely that your sleep is going to be dysfunctional for those types of people because that hyperglycemic effect actually causes you to wake up during the middle of the night Mm. um and the thing about coffee is that like a lot of my clients they have coffee for breakfast they never really feel hungry and stuff but if you're having coffee on an empty stomach it can increase your blood sugars and that can cause, you know, poor energy levels throughout the whole day, which a lot of my clients are coming in for. They're saying, I have bad energy, like, especially after lunch, like I'm feeling like I have to have a nap
0: or another coffee.
2: Yes. And then it's just this constant cycle of having caffeine to just get you through the day. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like me.
0: Yeah. Tell us, <laughs> tell us a little about that. I've been hypoglycemic after dinner, cause I've been interested in your thoughts a bit more specifically. What, What is that? What are we talking about there?
2: Yeah. So, your body is more insulin mm-hmm. sensitive when you haven't had food throughout the whole day. So the mm-hmm. first meal of the day for you is your body reacts to the carbohydrates more so than it would in the morning. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess your body, the effects of the carbohydrates in your body are much more detrimental at that first meal. So having breakfast and having lunch and having a stable, like steady meal regime will reduce that effect. Yeah. But the thing about the hypoglycemic effects at night is that um, a lot of people try not to eat carbohydrates. They're like trying to eat like a low carbohydrate diet as well. So that can also cause a hypoglycemic effect if you're not having it at dinner time throughout your sleeping, because it can Mm. wake you up at like two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's quite interesting, especially with um, shift workers, like people who are (laughs) like nurses or work overnights um that can also have an effect because when you're a shift worker you are your body is more insulin sensitive
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting, interesting. point because a lot of the time the, the off-shift worker that comes with works with us try to obviously give them a good guide with what they should be eating if they are doing like a night shift we will say that if you're having a nap and you're waking up, say two, three o'clock, treat that like your, your first meal, yeah. like after you've woken up, would you, would you sort of like agree yeah. with that yourself? I agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I try and get, um, <clears throat> I try and get a shift worker to eat regular meals all the time. So you are so there's a thing called the circadian rhythm, which yeah. is your yeah. internal body clock. And inside <clears throat> of your digestion, you actually have your own circadian rhythm as well as your brain. Um, so your body actually likes structure and routine, all the time, eating, sleeping, drinking, etc. And so with shift workers, I actually try and encourage them to have a structure that doesn't change. Mm. So if they, um, so say if they worked a whole night shift and it's 7.30 in the morning or something and they're about to go to sleep, if they have their meal right before they go to bed, because that's 7.30 is their breakfast time, mm. they'll actually find that their rhythm with waking up and like, all of those types of processes are actually quite balanced if they keep that regime in place. Yeah, And yeah, you're right about like saying as soon as you wake up at two o'clock in the morning or something like that, definitely have some food with that. I mm. think that's quite a good habit to have for those types of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, one of the analogies we use is treat your metabolism or your body like a, like a fire, like you yep. stoke it regularly kind of like sticks and branches rather than like big chunks like three massive big meals sort of like through the mm-hmm. day that's one thing and obviously stable blood sugar throughout the day yeah. um that's I, I think a lot of the times so when it comes just back to the carbohydrates again briefly is people understand sometimes that vegetables and fruit is still a carbohydrate people yeah. just think the carbohydrate is just rice potato pasta that kind of stuff yeah. whereas if we actually do some food tracking with people as well that it's sometimes people don't realize how much carbohydrate there is in things like your broccoli your cauliflower your, uh, your pumpkin your bok choy broccolini before you know that adds up which is obviously the fiber we want that's the kind of carbohydrate lots of nourishment with the 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 colors there the, from the, the the minerals and that kind of stuff yeah. uh, but i think a lot of people think that they forget about that stuff yeah you know um so what, what would you say is your typical just stay with you mel is your typical uh what, what what would be the typical person that comes to see you for you know to utilize your service
2: oh so it's hard to narrow it down to one person i think but majority of the people that come to see me have a lot of gut issues <clears throat> yeah so for me i spent like my specialty is gut health chronic gut gut issues i um I had a lot of gut issues when I was growing up. So I guess coming from that and then having people see the other side is something mm. that I like, I find a lot of passion in. Um, and the thing about gut health is that a lot of people don't really know how to navigate gut health. Well, there's so much information out there on the internet of like yeah, probiotics and like <sighs> things for your gut health. But like, everyone is so individualized that it's hard for these people to navigate what's right for them. And that's why I think it's really good to see a naturopath because you know, we're, we're taking the whole case for you. And then we're kind of giving you recommendations on what is exactly suited for that person. So.
0: So when we talk about gut health, just for people who don't really know what it actually means, what, what is, what, when we talk about gut health, what, what is it?
2: So your gut is the root cause of disease, I believe. And, a good gut health is somebody that wakes up in the morning and they're not bloated. They're going to the toilet every single day. Their poo is formed. It's not loose and it's not dry or like pebbly. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so when we talk about gut, there was a digestion, essentially anything from your mouth all the mm-hmm. way through to the other end, that's yeah. your gut, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the processes where it starts in the mouth to when it comes out needs to be um, optimal. Yeah. to have a good gut health yeah yeah
0: so the, the typical people who you see have got problems with it what would you say it, it is the bloating or it is the irregularity is it you know like what's the number one or not maybe not number one but what's common
2: the two common ones are constipation and diarrhea so they're okay. both they're both them and bloating i think that it's it's hard to know which specifically one because most people present with all three or four yeah um, but mostly commonly I see a lot of bloating especially in females constipation diarrhea
0: yeah and what's the common sort of like thing that you would suggest that to what how do you normally help somebody to, you know to improve those things is it is it the lifestyle factors, is it the, the eating habits is it is, the, is it the the herbs that kind of stuff what whats I know this I know it's obviously hard to suggest, hard to break down yeah. like an individual but as a guy what, what
2: I think that if you eat nothing that rots and you eat nothing that your great, 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 great grandmother would have eaten, then you will be fine because that's whole foods, foods that, you know, don't come out of a packet um, that are fresh. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important for these people, because I think that you get lost in translation with all the information
0: um so keeping it simple by the sounds of things yeah
2: exactly
0: A good little one i always uh say is um if you can kill it or grow it then eat it yeah and if you can't then don't
2: yeah that's a- <laughs> i like it
0: <laughs> that's we totally want. so that's a, that's, a, that's a obviously a really basic but as you said loads of information up there so if you can kind of like break it down to so a couple of like key points yeah can see a, lot, a lot easier as so people take away i guess like <clears throat>
2: Mindful eating is the most important I think because your digestion starts in the mouth. So if you're actually not sitting down and you're not, and, and sitting down and you're on your phone or you're on your computer, sitting at your desk at work and not taking a lunch break, and then you're chewing 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 and then working, 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 your body is not actually like acknowledging that you're sitting down and you're in that rest mm-hmm. and digest mode. Um, and, In this day and age, so many people are working so much and so hard that they forget about their health in that sense. And that's like a real good takeaway, I think is mindful eating, just to make sure that you're sitting down and you're eating and you're not stressed and you're not around technology and just chewing for 20 seconds and making sure it's all digested because that will set yourself up for the next processes. If that makes sense, if that isn't working, then your whole digestion is going through the roof basically.
0: So that's an easy one to implement then isn't it really, oh, yeah. no, no screens, no driving, yeah. and nothing like that. Yeah, And obviously it sounds like all the hormones in your gut are going to be working a bit more intuitively, Yeah, that correct, yeah. yeah, so things like what's happening a little bit, what's happening exactly, yeah. Yeah. What, what's happening, um, gallbladder, we're talking bile, we're talking about HCLs, so like what actually happens, yeah.
2: So, because we're actually chewing and we're, we're then we then it goes down into the stomach, it actually so our body makes this thing called hydrochloric acid, comes from the cells inside of our stomach called the parietal cells, and that releases hydrochloric acid and mixes and digests all the food. And so, if you're in a fight and flight mode, like if you're super stressed from work and you've got a deadline and you're sitting at the desk and you know you're doing all your work and eating, your brain isn't able to tell your gut to make that hydrochloric acid if that makes sense yeah yeah so your brain is distracted from making the hydrochloric acid so when you're chewing 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 and your food's not actually broken down properly and then swallow it and goes to the stomach the stomach's not actually able to digest all the food anyway
0: yeah
2: and the thing um that a lot of people experience is reflux and in our like area of health we actually believe that reflux isn't due to excess stomach acid. It's due to an, 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 like not enough stomach acid. So it's called hypochloridia. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a phenomenon where your food is fermenting inside of the gut and not actually being broken down by the stomach acid because you're, you know, you're stressed at work yeah. and you're sitting in the, and then you're not chewing. So the mastication and all of the digestive processes cannot actually work without this. And then the food starts to ferment, and then that causes the heartburn symptoms. Um, and then that can lead to a cascade of like other areas of like health, like that can cause bacterial overgrowth, um, that can cause constipation because food isn't actually broken down properly and mm. gets stuck. Um, it can cause malabsorption. Where that can lead to diarrhea. Like it's just, yeah, it's like a once that happens, it's just like it's like it goes a tree off. of broken. Like, yeah. <laughs> So that's why i think that it's really important to try to educate people to just take one step at a time yeah and if you can you know if you can do this first steps right then you're halfway there
0: yeah and that would be just an stop being present yeah kind of like I say get off the screens all that kind of stuff yeah uh would it be true to say that like things like the apple cider vinegar that mm-hmm. kind of stuff can help um increase the hcls that kind yeah. of stuff yeah
2: yeah apple cider vinegar lemon water in the morning yeah ginger tea all of those kind of digestive, um, yeah, drinks that you can have before meals or during meals to help with that process. Yeah. Yes.
0: So it sounds like you're kind of really into solving the problem of like real things rather than like, here's like a load of like herbs. Is that, yeah. would that be right? Yeah, the or, herbs or are definitely different?
2: there. <laughs> the, the herbs are definitely there to help with the symptoms, but they're not really designed to help with the symptoms. They're designed um, to help our own healing processes inside of our body so in naturopathy we believe in this thing called the vis mediatrix natura and it's our own healing mechanisms inside of ourselves so if we stimulate these healing mechanisms with herbal medicines inside of our health that can actually facilitate healing if that makes sense Mm. so the herbal medicines are only really designed short term until you can figure out the actual root cause of someone's bloating or constipation Um, but they're so powerful, the herbal medicines. I probably prescribe them with every client that I have,
0: um,
2: because they're hitting the nail on five different things. So they're like helping with bloating stress. If the person's really stressed from work, um, you know, helping with mood issues, helping with liver detoxification and, um, bile production help break down fats and and like all of those kind of things. And then, yeah, yeah.
0: so that's that that'd be obviously case by case though, wouldn't obviously with which specific ones you'd go to, is that right? With the herbs and that kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: It depends on yeah. So if you could get like four herbal medicines in a bottle you're winning basically. Cause you can, they have multiple actions.
0: And that's why it tastes like garbage, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my but clients you... today, she was like, that drink, <laughs> that drink is horrible. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Just
0: pinch your nose, get it down the hatch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a mix it with a little bit of pineapple juice. I usually recommend yeah, it okay. takes the flavor away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. top tip right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Cassie just moving back to yourself. So, uh, we were talking earlier about, um, regards to exercise when it comes mm-hmm. to like the aging process, that kind of stuff we said, you yeah. we we've got a lot of clients that have got the osteoarthritis or the, you know, that kind of like bone health or the muscular health thing. We were talking about that yeah. a little bit earlier. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's the, the common sort of stuff that would, you would kind of like recommend to somebody aging essentially? Yeah.
1: I just think in general, the best thing that, you know, you can recommend is exercise regularly particularly strength training um i think sometimes it gets a bit of a bad rap especially in females about you know potentially making you bulky or that sort of thing um which is so hard like it's so hard to put muscle on and be that about a dollar for every time
0: (laughs) i know so i
1: think it's just really like having people recognize the importance of exercise and as we're saying before and as mel was saying as well there's so much out there that it can be so overwhelming for people Mm -hmm. um it's so, it can be so simple, like just to hit two strength sessions a week, full body, you know, like a nice high intensity and just, it can just set you up so much for longevity and long-term health for, you know, know, up until, you know, around the age of 30, you're in that really building phase of building your your peak bone mineral density and your peak strength. And then it becomes about maintaining it. And especially for females going through menopause. um, And I know, you know, me and Mel like to always talk about that. It's a really key age group for middle-aged women who are going through menopause. And a lot of the time they're inactive, they're overwhelmed by the amount of information that is out there. They don't even know where to start or what fad diet to try, or, you know, it's just strength training. Keeping it simple is just so important because as we age, we're losing our bone mineral density and it just becomes about maintaining that, maintaining your muscle mass so that, you know, it's, it, you know, shifts away a bit from being about a body transformation and more just about. Picking up your grandkids and being able to carry your shopping and you know those sort of functional totally. activities that maintain your independence through through the lifespan. Yeah. Um. It's just like it really is exercise. Like, is a medicine. It, it's a preventative and it's also you know a tr- like a treatment for so many different chronic conditions, chronic pain, mm-hmm. um, things like diabetes, hypertension, osteoporosis. As you were saying, it's yeah. the best thing you can do is strength training. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Like like. One of our other clients well she uh, she went on holiday and she was trained with us for a few years at the time and still trains with us now but um she suffers from osteoporosis as well but when she went away she fell down some steps she's in japan also she fell down but she ended up like the way she fell. she said she like did like this cartwheel but like landed on her feet and was like <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like, I'm okay. She's done well there. But yeah. The yeah. fact that she did strength training, obviously joints yeah. obviously is going to be improved.
1: Yeah. It's massive. balance,
0: especially if you get all this balance is like massive. It's huge. Um, so
1: it's all really like a, I feel like it's a spiral. Like if you're not strength training and then, you know, someone gets diagnosed with osteoporosis and they're frail osteoporotic, they have a fall. They fracture their hip, their quality of life. Like it's just, it literally is a spiral from there.
0: It's almost like investing in your health before you, you need to really, because if yep. you don't and you do fall, you know what, that recovery from that broken hip it's, or yep. from the knee problem, whatever, you, exactly. or whatever it may be, it's going to take so much longer than it yep. at you already.
1: It's intervening before there's a problem, like just doing it because you, you know, you said before about picturing, you know, what it's like to be a marathon runner and living like that. It's just picture what it's like to be a healthy older person, who doesn't have you know, who's not walking like with crutches or like you know in like a wheelchair or like is is as healthy as they can be and what are they doing now to get there? It's strength training, it's keeping active, it's looking after your gut health and those yeah. kinds of things. So what was
0: the start that you were saying before? As well, remind me what was the start about like these the minutes?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So just general, like for general people, it's, um, two days of strength training per week and 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous aerobic activity are the guidelines, um, for people week to week, but it's just, you know, the amount of people that are actually doing that is so low. And I think it's just because it becomes this overwhelming thing of like exercise can be such a daunting thing but really if you break it down and you like mel and i were saying before break it down into small bouts it can be such a realistic thing for people to be doing and they don't even you just don't even realize the benefits that it's having for your health that's i think yeah. where my passion lies is just how much people don't realize the benefits of exercise it's just yeah. insane it can have the same effect as a medication on things like depression and diabetes and hypertension it's just what way you choose to do it you know so personally I prefer to exercise and yeah
0: yeah that's it so essentially as you were saying before like 10 minutes a day could be could be parking an extra kilometer away walking a bit of extra to work walking back you know to the car whatever or you know from the train station or or whatever it is and then it's not so overwhelming As as you said before about like going to the gym for like an hour it's like yeah most people see us they say it's Half an hour or hours as well, but if you break it down to smaller chunks, it's be like consistency is the key 100%. Whether, whether you're getting the 150 minutes in from exercise that you I mean, obviously, you want to enjoy that's the whole point. Don't choose to exercise that you don't enjoy, but if it's the incidental extra work, that's the, right,
1: that's right. Is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with the strength training, it's going to be more structured exercise in a gym or getting a really great personal trainer or something like that. But yeah. in terms of meeting those 150 minutes of aerobic exercise, it just I think it is just it's so achievable but it's just not done enough and i think yeah exactly what we we're saying just making it a more realistic um target for people and just breaking it down and saying could you just go for a walk with a friend instead of going and having coffee could you walk and talk or little things like that so they make yeah. a big difference yeah the yeah. social
0: aspect of it obviously that we, we do a little bit of group training as well um so for some people's journey they come here they're not um very confident but then when they're with like a trainer in here and then they get the confidence and they can now group training, do some group training. That social aspect is so beneficial. And as you say, catch up with a friend for a, for a walk and a coffee rather than just sat down and see so many old people in particular as well. Not to say old. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I don't know if that's PC or like too, uh, too, too bad to say, but yeah, they just sat down and they're pretty overweight. And yeah. it's like, you know what, if you actually just made like like a bit of a just, walk or something anyway. Yeah, you know, just I just
1: kidding. think people don't look enough or sort of break it down it's just it probably just seems a bit overwhelming i don't like exercise i don't like the gym but it can be so easily implemented into so many people's lives
0: yeah yeah it's just a matter of priorities and it just comes back to like seeing people to see the benefits of it
1: education is massive and that's why i mean as you said something that's big on your behalf here in this gym is just making sure people are educated because that is where you see the difference like that's what i mean that's why i'm so passionate is like if people actually knew why like if doing this would be so good for them or why looking, you know, having your meals a certain way would be good for them. Like their chances are they're more inclined to do it. It's just, so many people don't know or don't understand the benefits or the Um, access. Yeah. Or access. Exactly. Mm. So I think just educating and really setting people up for like long term success, like what you do here is so important.
0: I totally agree. And obviously that's the hard thing we've said before about how you approach it as well. It's like seeing yourself as like, if you're fit and healthy, does a fit and healthy person eat junk food? Does a fit and healthy person not move their bodies, you know, I think you know, so just thinking yourself like whether or whether it is a marathon or whether it is a I don't know, let's say crossfit, like do you see I don't wanna to train to do a marathon, I wanna be a marathon runner and then that process is gonna you're just gonna immerse yourself as it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So same same
0: even as we get older as we say, well, an old person just being a bit of a the word, a bit of a not a cripple but somebody's like yeah, not, uh, not active
1: frail and frail, yeah, that's, that's right word. and if you just saw <clears throat> the small things you could do day like day to day that would you know prevent that i feel like so many more people would be you know in the gym twice a week just do strength training yeah <laughs> if i haven't made that message clear <laughs> enough
0: oh <laughs> well, by all means as i say, um and we always think about having fun as well yeah. like a lot of the time people you know they come in to see yourself mild, like to know to bed themselves it's like you want to still enjoy the the process yeah like learning your your body like as we said before about like people going from menopause learning your body as we're getting older or learning you know after the age of 35 there's going through so many different hormonal changes male and female i'd suggest as well so i think it's really important to kind of enjoy that process as well
2: yeah have fun with it
0: yeah definitely and and i almost like see it as like okay it's a bit of a a bit of a challenge or a bit of a you know it's like well uh, yeah you just find out what works for you i suppose um that makes sense yeah um so what where can where can we come and see you anyway so where where, where are you guys i know you're in gosford's whereabouts exactly
1: yeah so we're at um riverside park at west gosford so mm. our big umbrella company is central coast spinal care center and riverside body scan in both um and Mel's naturopathy services are both within that. So Mel's yeah. actually located in two locations on the coast.
2: Yeah, at West Gosford and Great Point.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. And when when people consume that, then Mel, what uh, as a match bath, uh, do they? He come and see you, like regularly or that it comes here just once and you can say come back in another few weeks like yeah. how does that normally work with the, the naturopath
2: so the initial consultation goes for 90 minutes and then any follow-ups are about 45 minutes to an hour depending on their needs like if yeah. somebody comes in and says like i've got bloating constipation diarrhea i've got panic attacks i have fibromyalgia i have like all these things it's like okay so come <laughs> back in a month and then monthly visits for like four or five times, but it's depending on how, um, how receptive the person is to the, for, to the recommendation. So like, yeah. if you like, I, I'm very gentle in my approach because I know that life is really busy and when you're trying to change your lifestyle and try and change your health,
0: mm.
2: you can easily fall off the bandwagon quite quickly. So if you give them, if you look at like the person and, and the, you kind of, you know, them in 90 minutes and you probably know how receptive they will be to, yeah. to making changes. Yeah. You can either up their treatment plan or lower it so like give them two diet and two lifestyle recommendations or like give them more yeah um but yeah generally monthly i don't three or four weeks depends if it's like for weight loss i try tend to, to be like three weeks just to give them more accountability mm-hmm. and like hold them to their goals and you yeah. know making sure they're keeping on track and whatnot but yeah It depends case-by-case basis. Like some people have only seen me three times. Like one person I saw for psoriasis and he only had to come for three consults and I got rid of his psoriasis that quickly. It was crazy, but he was very receptive. Um, to my um, education and um, my recommendations, so that's really
0: good. Cool. That's so good, isn't it? When that's what I call somebody's coachable. Yeah. It's like they're going to listen, take. Oh yeah, what it you makes say. you
2: makes you love your job. a lot more. <laughs> Yeah.
0: But well, it's a bit like going <laughs> right. If you want to get to a from A to B, I've just given you the answers to get to B. Mm. So. Why would you not do that? Yeah.
2: And I guess, like, with we do a lot of counselling training as well in my degree and we learn about the stages of change and we learn about how, like, if someone's contemplating change, they're more than likely going to fall off the bandwagon quite quickly and it's more the... Okay, I'm, I'm thinking about making changes. Okay, I'm making changes. Okay, I'm back to like thinking about it again because I've fallen off the bandwagon. But they actually, when they're actually initiating change and seeing the results, that yeah, yeah, that readiness, and that's where they kind of keep on track. But it's hard for people to get to there. Yeah. So it takes a few times, and that's okay. It's I feel like a lot of people think they set themselves up for failure, and then they, you know, they, when they they've they've gone backwards, that it's very hard for them to get back on the bandwagon again. But it's good like that what you have here is really um supportive of people mm. like getting them back up and making sure that they're um they can do it again and do it again and like they're going to reach their goals some way or another yeah mm. you know it's just seeing a lot of the end of the tunnel Things think yeah. is it's hard for some people yeah and,
1: and really shifting based on those stages of change like the motivation as well like for someone who comes in initially and they're just there because they've got a problem and they want to a fix you know they're sort of more like extrin- extrinsically motivated yeah. but it's like really shifting them to a state same in the gym where it's yeah, like sure they, they want they- to be here every day yeah show up every day for them you know
0: yeah totally definitely agree with that readiness of change It's mm-hmm. what we say about um hearing about it see, uh, seeing it and then doing it yourself it's like that belief yeah. that's the sort of stage of which we say well as we say you know if somebody's like contemplating it they're gonna have that relapse but yeah. i think it's like applicable for like you say for pretty much for anything in life like yeah. what you've just talked about like it doesn't matter if it's nutrition, if it's trading, if it's like in a relationship, yeah, it's yeah, like,
2: exactly. It's you
0: know changing career, it's like so applicable. I look like yeah. already, really and it's can...
2: scary. It can be scary for some people because they've <clears> they've <throat> they've gone through their whole life being like thinking that what they're doing is is actually okay or good, and when you try to tell them, okay, you can't do this, you can't do that, it's like a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. Uh, what would I describe it as? It's disappointing for them, you know, that they're like, oh, they've got to give all these things up. But my actually approach to the treatment is like not completely taking everything good away from them. I believe in swapping things. So if, you know, someone likes to cook pasta of a night time, like, yeah, that's totally okay. Like I'll swap the pasta for a pulse pasta or something with like much more nutritional value that has more protein and more fiber and stuff Mm -hmm. so that they can still enjoy that, like those things that they love to do, but you're just swapping them for healthier alternatives and things that are going to
1: benefit Yeah, them. and it just comes back
2: to it being enjoyable.
1: Like, it doesn't yeah. have to
2: be an unenjoyable process. Yeah. Yeah. None
1: of it does. Mm-hmm.
0: And I say it's that education of, like, what you're doing at the moment, or right. moving toward a better self, or, you know, remembering why. You know, we would say about why we want to make a change. You know, is it, you know, what are the benefits? Like, what are the benefits of changing versus the benefits of not changing? So not change, the benefits are, oh, I could just go about like normal. Yeah. like don't have to make it, don't feel uncomfortable, but they are not going to reap those other benefits of making a change. And, you know, it might be a bit challenging to start with, but that's just growth as well, isn't it? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. As we always say, Absolutely. You know, growth always happens outside of that comfort zone. Um, so this is a bit of a curveball question. I'm going to finish off on a question each. And it's kind of, it's relatable to what we've been talking about, but not as well. Uh, I didn't tell you about this earlier. <laughs> uh, My nose through the roof. <laughs> Cassie, we're going to go, uh, how old are you, Cassie? I'm Don't 24. I'm say,
1: 24,
0: okay, we can't ask you this then. Okay. I would say, so I'm going to say, what would you say to, uh, I'm going to change the question a little bit. Yeah. What would you say to yourself from five years ago? What would be one piece of advice to give yourself from five years ago? Like life advice doesn't have to be.
1: Oh, training gosh.
0: nutrition just what's a bit of a life advice you'd say to yourself
1: that is a bit of a curveball i don't know what i would say i guess keeping in theme with this it would just be consistency like and showing up and just enjoying the process of growth like what we're talking about mm. um hitting the gym regularly and just fueling my body more than anything i think especially being a young girl on social media and all that sort yeah. of stuff i think that's probably a big thing that i've learned through the years it's like it's about fueling your body yeah showing up for good workouts it's not always about you know a physical appearance and that sort of thing so yeah yeah I'd probably go down
2: that avenue
0: cool mm-hmm. what about yourself mel what did you give yourself uh if you're five years before uh previous <laughs> huge
2: curveball um i guess my most piece of advice to give some, my, myself five years ago was that there's always going to be shit days and like crappy days where you just can't get out of bed and you don't want to do exercise and you don't want to like see friends and you know, eat healthy and like, it's okay to feel like that. Mm. And it will get better. And it's, you just have to trust the process that like, you know, if you're like feeling really, um, insecure about your body image and what you look like in the mirror and, um, that like, you will, you will reach your goals and you will get to where you need to be and it doesn't happen overnight. So it's just trust the process and manifest it and you will reach your goals and whatever that may be. I just think that's really important for anybody, even me five years ago, like I went through, a, I was a model and, um, I was trying to lose a lot of weight to go overseas and, um, and yeah, it was really unhealthy for me to be living in in that, in that realm and in that Mm. life. And as I came out of that and and my Mm -hmm. body started to change, was like more like, oh, like I want to be who I was before, but now I'm just happier and healthier and everything is just so much better. And I trusted that process, but it was hard for me to get to that place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Both really good uh, answers there actually. Yeah. I love that. Um, but we, and we normally say, um what would you say to your 30 year old self but, well i'm 30 <laughs> next year that's why i say let <laughs> make it five years you know? oh, but no. yeah that's like i say we're obviously really good very similar values to to to, to, uh, to ourselves as well so you know thanks again for a few, a few guys coming in giving yourselves the insights and if you do want to go and um have a chat with uh, the girls at riverside body scan uh by all means, uh, west gosford
1: west gosford and you can have 20 percent off a of dexter skin if you're listening
0: perfect perfect well like i say thanks again ladies and um i hope you guys lis- uh, like listen to that one and um yeah we'll see you on the next one
1: awesome thank, thank you, you.